Chapter Four of Ruth Fielding of the Red Mill. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Sonali Punja. Ruth Fielding of the Red Mill, A Jasper Palo's Secret by Alice B. Emerson. Chapter Four the gate of the green eyes it was a dark lane beneath overhanging oaks that met and intertwined their branches from each side this was the wilkins corners road and it was very steep and stony uphill and down dale with deep ruts in places and other spots where the spring rains had washed out the gravel and sand and left exposed the very foundations of the world it seemed as though no bicyclist or motorcyclist would have chosen this road to travel after dark yet there was a narrow path at the side just wide enough for ruth and dr davidson to walk abreast and reno to trot by the girl's side which seemed pretty smooth we don't want to go by the spot doctor said one of the men walking ahead with the lights don't the dog show no signs of looking for tom where's tom reno where's tom asked ruth earnestly believing that the dog would recognize his master's name the mastiff raised his muzzle and barked sharply again but trotted onward he might have fallen down any of these gullies and we would miss him it's so dark observed the previous speaker i don't believe the dog will miss the place responded dr davidson just then reno leaped forward with a long-drawn whine ruth hurried with him leaving the doctor to come on in the rear reno took the lead and the girl tried to keep pace with him it was not for many yards reno stopped at the brink of a steep bank beside the road this bank fell away into the darkness but through the trees in the far distance the girl could see several twinkling lights in a row she knew that they were on the railroad and that she was looking across the great swamp meadow hallo shouted one man loudly something down there old fellow reno answered with a short bark and began to scramble down the rough bank here's where somebody has gone down ahead of him cried another of the searchers holding his own lantern close to the ground see how the bank's all torn up bet his wheel hit that stone yonder in the dusk and threw him wheel and all into this gully wait here child ordered dr davidson quickly if he's in bad shape boys call me and i'll come down lift him carefully he is here sir cried the first man to descend and then reno lifted up his voice in a mournful howl oh dear oh dear murmured ruth i'm afraid he's badly hurt come come returned dr davidson be a brave girl now if he's badly hurt he'll need us both to keep our wits about us you know ye needn't fret none little gal said jasper palo's voice behind her ye couldn't kill that there cameron boy i tell ye 
he's as sassy a young one as there is in this country dr davidson turned as though to say something sharp to the mean old man but just then the men below shouted up to him he has hit his head and his arms twisted under him doctor he isn't conscious but doesn't seem much hurt otherwise can you bring him up queried the physician that's what we mean to do was the reply ruth waited beside the old doctor not without some apprehension how would this tom cameron look what kind of a boy was he according to jasper pallow he was a very bad boy indeed she had heard that he was the son of a rich man while the men were bringing the senseless body up a steep bank her mind ran riot with the possibilities that lay in store for her because of this accident to the dry goods merchant's son and now the bearers were at the top of the bank and she could see the limp form borne by them a man holding the boy under the arms and another by his feet but altogether it looked really as though they carried a limp sack between them first time i ever see that boy still murmured jasper pallo cracky he's pale ain't he said another man dr davidson dropped on one knee beside the body as they laid it down the lanterns were drawn together that their combined light might illuminate the spot ruth saw that the figure was that of a youth not much older than herself lean long-limbed well-dressed and with a face that had it not been so pale she would have thought very nice-looking indeed poor lad ruth heard the physician murmur he's had a hard fall and that's a nasty knock on his head the wound was upon the side of his head above the left ear and was now all clotted with blood it was from this wound in some moment of consciousness that he had traced the word help on his stone handkerchief and fastened the latter with the lamp of his motorcycle to the dog's collar here was the machine bent and twisted enough brought up the bank by two of the men don't know what you can do for the boy doctor said one of them but it looks to me as though this contraption weren't scarcely worth saving oh we'll bring the boy around all right said dr davidson who had felt tom cameron's pulse and now rose quickly lift him carefully upon the stretcher we will get him into bed before i do a thing to him he's best as he is while we are moving him it will be a mighty long way to his house grumbled one of the men i believe you rejoined jasper pallo three miles beyond j potter's mill jaw exclaimed dr davidson in his soft voice you know we will not take him so far my house is near enough surely you can carry him there if you say the word doctor said the fellow more cheerfully while old pallo grunted they were more than half an hour in getting to the turn in the main road where she could observe the two green lights before the doctor's house there the men put the stretcher down for a moment jasper pallo grumblingly took his turn at carrying one end i never did see the use of boys no way 
he growled. There's only an aggravation and vexation of spirit. And this here one is the aggravatingst and vexationingst of any I ever see. Don't be too hard on the boy, Jasper, said Dr. Davidson, passing on ahead so as to reach his house first. Ruth remained behind, for the old gentleman walked too fast for her. Before the men picked up the stretcher again, there was a movement and a murmur from the injured boy. Hello, said one of the men. He's talking, ain't he? Just muttering, said Pallow, who was at Tom's head. Tain't nothing. But Ruth heard the murmur of the unconscious boy, and the words startled her. They were, It was Jabe Potter. He did it. It was Jabe Potter. He did it. What did they mean? Or was there no meaning at all to the muttering of the wounded boy? Ruth saw that Pallow was looking at her in a sly and disagreeable way, and she knew that he too had heard the words, It was Jabe Potter. He did it. Was it an accusation referring to the boy's present plight? And how could Uncle Jabez, the relative she had not as yet seen, be the cause of Tom Cameron's injury? The spot where the boy was hurt must have been five miles from the Red Mill, and not even on the Osago Lake turnpike on which highway she had been given to understand the Red Mill stood. Not many moments more, and the little procession was at the gateway, on either side of which burned the two green lamps. Jasper Pallow, who had been relieved, shuffled off into the darkness. Reno, after one pleading look into the face of the hesitating Ruth, followed the stretcher on which his master lay in at the gate. And Ruth Fielding, beginning again to feel most embarrassed and forsaken, was left alone where the two green eyes winked in the warm, moist darkness of the spring night. End of chapter 4